At this time, Lawrence Gregory will bring our sermon, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus said, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What does that mean? Jesus used this phrase four times. Two of them in reverse order from what I've just read here. We'll look at that a little later. And then a couple of times he added another phrase at the end after that. That says, for many be called, but few chosen. Now, what Jesus said before and after he made that statement helps to explain what he meant when he used that phrase. Many that are first shall be last, and many that are last shall be first. He also uses two parables to help explain this plus some additional scripture uh, admonitions and words and examples that uh, we'll look at a little later here. Now, before we systematically work through this series of phrases, I want us to consider Revelation, the 17th chapter, verse 14. Revelation 17, verse 14. 14. John wrote concerning the return of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to be focusing on the third phrase here. The first phrase, these shall make war with the Lamb and the Lamb shall overcome them. That's in reference to the beast power that rises up at the end time that fights Christ at his return. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And that certainly is true of the one coming back, Jesus Christ. But the third phrase is what I want us to notice here. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Those three categories are what we're going to be looking at today. Those that are called and chosen and faithful. Now, some references consider... And other references, the first fruits or those resurrected saints that come with Jesus Christ that are resurrected at that first time when he returns. So we're not going to focus on that so much, but on the subject of the sermon today. Now, we're going to be uh, covering these three uh, qualifications here of being called and chosen and faithful. And the first was or is uh, a scripture reference that we want to look at in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Now we're going to interrupt a few times uh, to go to other scripture references, but uh, 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 13, 14, and 15. But... We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereby He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, and hold the traditions which you have been taught. Now, we could give a lot of illustrations and a lot of examples, but uh, let's use one uh, that we uh, probably have experienced or are familiar with. Uh, that's high school. It says uh, we're going to start a chorale group. So everybody's invited to participate in that high school chorale. Now, some people don't, they don't even, they're not interested. They don't even show up. Uh, some of them kind of scoff and laugh. Ah, oh, you mean we're going to have another one of those now? I want you to remember these points as we go through this message today. And they have different uh, considerations of that high school choral group. 
So a number do show up. And the choir master selects those who show up. Now, everybody that's in that choir group aren't equal, are they, in voice? In fact, some of them probably thought it's just kind of harmonized. Sing a little low. Don't, don't get too loud. And they end up, some have better talent. Some are very, can do special music and can really sing out strong. And uh, some of them, you know, uh, think, oh, boy, I'm so great. I'm in the high school choir. I have the best voice. Oh, I'm, I'm really wonderful. Now, we're going to remember these things, these illustration examples, because Jesus touched on all these different points, as we're going to uh, see here, as even Paul lays them out of being called and chosen and then faithful. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians as we advance and go through. So just follow along and uh, use uh, your mind to bring in a lot of scriptures that we're not going to be focusing on today because there are a lot of things relative to this message today that we're going to have to just leave out. But let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. And uh, we're familiar with uh, these uh, few verses here of... Uh, 26 through 29, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things or ones, the, the, the people is what he's talking about, foolish ones of the world, to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world, or weak ones of the world, to confound the ones which are mighty, and base things of the world, base ones of the world, and ones which are despised has God chosen, yea, and ones which are not, to bring to naught ones that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So, Paul is saying here uh, again, repeating this about the calling and choosing and staying faithful. And we'll, we'll look at that now. Let's go to, uh, we have a few verses here that are really, uh, in, well, they're not incredible because they are believable by us, but they're outstanding. I'll say this. Let's go to Ephesians, the uh, first chapter here. These few references that I have now are so inspiring for us to consider. Uh, first chapter of Ephesians, verse 4 and 5. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now this word predestination in the Greek means determined beforehand or foreordained. Now let me just, just say this right now and uh, I'm going to just leave this open-ended. A person can believe if they want to as we go through these next few verses that before anything was ever brought into existence, when God originally had His purpose and His plan that He was going to bring about, now a person can believe that God knew me before even that, knew who I was, when I was going to live, when He was going to call me, and all of that. Now, granted I know in the Scriptures some few are specially designated like that. Jesus Christ, Jeremiah, uh, Cyrus, uh, others that clearly the scriptures show. But let me ask you this as we consider this. Do we want to believe in our predestination and our calling and our invitation by God that he has looked down and planned and caused to bring about every adultery, every war, every evil, every sin in the world to bring about that you and I would be born specifically 
to fulfill that predestination for the billions upon billions of individuals. Has God predetermined that everyone that ever is going to live or has he allowed free moral agency, free choice to accept or reject? Now, we know without going into the scriptures, he could put a lot of pressure on a person to respond. So we'll give him that credit. So I'm not going to answer that question today on each individual that hears me and in this congregation whether we believe that we are specifically foreordained by God or if it's a general category of those that he is going to call so many and invite so many and from that he is going to choose so many and then from that some will stay faithful to the end and some will quit and give up and turn back some will reject it outright scoff and scorn some will try for a little while but just turn away from it so there's all different kinds of scenarios and categories that we know from the scriptures and from observing in human life of what's going on currently over the years that we've seen God's calling and selection in individual lives and whether they have continued or dropped aside or turned back or given up or whatever that's that's irrelevant to what I'm specifically saying today but in generality, God has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world and for a purpose. And so He has laid out His holy days to show us His plan in bringing His purpose into existence. So now, another scripture here. Let's look at uh, Titus and the first chapter. And we'll read a few verses here. Paul, first one, verse 1, chapter 1, a servant, a slave, a bondservant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began but has in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause lift I you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders, in every city as I had appointed you. If anyone be blameless, a husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruliness. And we can go on. So what he is saying is that in hope of eternal life, which he promised before the world began, before any creation of physical things came into existence, God in his planning and purpose and his discussion with Jesus Christ and, and how many others we don't know because the angelic world was created before the physical things because they shouted with glory when God brought this into existence they were happy they were excited of what God was going to do and he promised that there would be salvation now without going through a lot of the scriptures today we know and uh, as we are beginning in our Bible study in the book of Romans that God in his calling and different forms of that word that I'm not going to go into today but he has called some that he uses who are ministers or who are individuals to invite and to call others so this word uh, calling let me go back to uh, let's see yeah calling is um, there's several Greek words but the most common is kletos which means called or invited an appointment and then the word chosen is uh, let me see come to that a little later here it's down in my notes here I don't see it right off here but the next scripture let's go to uh, back up just a little bit to second Timothy the first chapter verse 9 and uh, I have to interrupt well 
Uh, let me go back to the beginning of the sentence in verse 8 because it's not in my notes or I didn't give it to the uh, uh, projectionist. But uh, beginning in verse 8, Be not you therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be you partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us or rescued us or saved us, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearance of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. So we know, contrary to what uh, Protestantism and, and most believe that we're immortal souls, uh, only God has immortality. Not even the angels. Only God has immortality. The God family. And He keeps alive eternally those who believe and accept. And then we have His Spirit that we're going to have eternal life. So you can see there's a risk that God has in promising and working out His salvation in an individual's life because once they have eternal life, that's going to be eternal life forever. And so God has promised those that He called and chose and the elect and those who qualify and endure and overcome to the end and who believe to the end because you stop believing, you quit, that's it. There's no salvation. If you don't believe, if you don't endure to the end, if you don't overcome, the, all the promises are yea and yea in the scriptures to those who are overcomers. You've heard me say that over the years. First Peter, the first chapter. I, I just have four of these uh, references out of the several that are so inspiring and give us such an insight that we ought to really be thankful for God's plan and purpose even before anything came into existence to plan salvation. 1 Peter 1, verse 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Notice the invitation, we heard, like we heard in the first message, was to the Gentiles, to the strangers, not just limited to the Jews, not just to, limited to that one nation of Judah, or of Israel, of the tribes, but ultimately to include all nations, anyone of any ethnic background who believes and accepts that calling and that election from God. And God foreknew and planned way before anything came into existence that this is what he was going to do. This is how he's going to accomplish it. And uh, we can go into that separately. Now, as I said, um, if we want to consider the general calling, the general invitation, the invite that he gives to all whosoever will may come, and that is going to be shown through different stages of resurrection of his time and his purpose scattered from time as he does different things in different eras or periods of time until he has totally brought about his plan and his purpose in calling in choosing and election and giving salvation to those who endure to the end. Now, the next category here is faithful. And uh, some of the Greek words uh, that you know that we even, if you go back to Revelation 17, 14, is pistos. And it means trust, believing, relying. Now, in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, we read that, read that about at the end, the last verse there, about enduring and holding fast and standing fast. And how many scriptures do we have about being firm and grounded and stable and strong and not wishy-washy, not giving up, not hot and cold, 
cold person, God spits out. You know, cold coffee, you, you want hot coffee. Unless you like it iced. You know, uh, that's a different story, I mean. Uh, but uh, for the illustration that Jesus was using, he, ta- he spits out something that's lukewarm. You know, if you're, you, if you're thinking it's hot, and you, time's been going on, your coffee cup's sitting there, and you've been studying or reading or watching television or whatever, and you take a sip of that, ooh, whew, it was cold, cold coffee. Time went on. So, uh, we're not to be that way. We're to stand fast and strong and stable overcoming and growing. Yeah, we have those ebb and flows in, in our life that affect us, but we've got to stay strong and steady and enduring and overcoming to the end. Now, in Mark, let's go back to Mark because he, he says something here that uh, is important. And we're going to look at those four things that Jesus said as we progress through a couple of those parables. But... Uh, let me get to Mark, the ninth chapter, and verse 33. Mark 9, 33. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you discussed or disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. Now, he took a child and set him in the midst of them, And when he had taken him up in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receives me. Whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. Now, turn on to chapter 10, verse 15, because he uses this illustration again with little children. And I'll just read here, uh, verse 14, he says, uh, He was much displeased, when the disciples kind of rebuked him for taking up the children. And he said unto them, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as... Now notice, he didn't say while. Whosoever shall receive the kingdom of God while a child. He didn't say that. He said as, that is in comparison to. Whosoever does not receive, shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. So, Jesus is using this principle here, or illustration, to show that humility and meekness is preeminent in his evaluation of the character of a believer. Their attitude is what is so paramount in Jesus' evaluation. Remember he said, also we won't go there, but whosoever exalts himself will be abased. Whoever exalts, I'm the greatest, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody special. We've, we've seen enough of that and heard enough of that of dictators and people in the world and people in business and people in church and people just, you know, and maybe some of us were that way one time. Oh, boy, I'm somebody special, you know. Don't be that way, Jesus said. Be like a, a little child who's trusting and open and bug-eyed in his ear. They're running and doing everything, and they're just trusting, and they'll jump off a diving board into your arms, you know, because they trust and believe the parents or a friend or somebody's there going to catch them. And they do all of those things. So we can spend a lot of time talking about the comparison of quality of character of an individual compared to a good child. Not, not, not a bad child, not an Andre mischievous, juvenile delinquent. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a, a loving, obedient child of good character and, and is responsible and, and positive. That's what God wants. He doesn't want a bunch of outlaws in his kingdom. He doesn't want a bunch of rebellious, 
know-it-alls and he's got he's had enough of that with Satan he's had enough of that with evil people he wants quality of character doesn't he like he is he wants his children to be like he is he's so good and wonderful we could praise and extol God forever and ever we never get tired of saying how good he is what if he was a monster, a terrible monster like some of the idols that people, you know, make of, of somebody who is uh, a bad character. God is good and worthy of us to worship and to praise him. Now, one of the parables will go to uh, back to Matthew, the 20th chapter. And uh, this is a parable of the labors in the vineyard. Matthew 20. Verse, uh, I'm going to read uh, all of this, uh, 16 verses here, just so we get the flow of um, what we're talking about here. Because he carries on now, sandwiched between verse 30 of uh, Matthew 19 that I read, for many, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then we'll see that sandwiched, but changed in order, of what he said at the end in verse 16. And he does this a couple of times. You know, Jesus sometimes he did the commandments out of order. We just read like we saw earlier in Matthew's first message that God gave the Holy Spirit before the person was baptized. We see a lot of illustrations in the scriptures where things are kind of in, in different order, but they're equal. Like Jesus, sometimes he got the commandments out of order and he got the... Uh, seals of revelation and the, and the heavenly signs and all. He got those out of order. We've gone through that before. To show equality. And so we'll see here, he, he kind of gets this out of order sometime, the first and the last and the last and the first. But reading through here of uh, Matthew, the 20th chapter, 4, and the reason he said that in verse 30 was to introduce this parable. 4, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idly in the marketplace, the employment hall, the labor hall. And he said unto them, Go you also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I'll give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, about five o'clock, almost quitting time, he went out and he found others standing idle. And he said unto them, Why stand you here all the day idle? They said, Well, because no man's hired us. He said unto them, Go you into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. So they worked about five o'clock, six o'clock, they worked about an hour, and they got a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and you have made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me for a penny? Take that is yours, and go your way. I'll give unto the last, even as unto you. Is it not lawful for me to do whatever I will with my own? Is your eye evil because I'm good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. Now notice in verse 30, he said the last shall be first. He said the first shall be last, but he, he gets the order reversed here. Because he's showing in the parable, the last was paid first. So the last shall be first, and the first 
last for many be called but few chosen. And so he adds this extra phrase in. Now, in life, the invitation from God through individuals, ministers, laymen, articles, booklets, magazines, radio, television, computer, whatever, through His Holy Spirit, through an angel, however God wants to call the invitation, goes out. Many don't accept it. They ignore it. They reject it. They just write out. They just don't want to have anything to do with that. And then others respond and they begin to participate. And he elects and he chooses. And some of them quit along the way. And some of them endure and stay with him no matter how little a part they have or how much God uses them. Some have greater duties, responsibilities, and accountabilities. Others have less. And so he says here in the end, as he changes the order between these two, for many be called, but few chosen. If we've been chosen by God, well, we can really be thankful because we've been called and he's elected us. He's selected us. That, that word chosen means to be elected or selected or appointed. And he does that calling and choosing in different ways. God is not just limited to one way. He can do it in many different ways. Now it's up to us. The third thing is, are we going to be faithful? Are we going to endure to the end? Are we going to hang in there no matter what? Are we going to quit, give up? And while we're going this way with God in his calling and choosing, what's our attitude like? Are we humble? Are we meek? Are we lowly? Are we like him? Or are we arrogant and haughty and think we're something special and we're the cock of the walk and, you know, we're greatest uh, among people that we know, other ch church members? You know, we, we do better than they do. Or are we like a little child, trusting and simple-minded in, in a lot of ways and and of a wonderful, good, a good character. Okay. Now, let's go uh, let, let me point out something here um, of uh, verse 16. He sums this up. So, this is why he laid out that parable of different uh, payment to people, some who labored for a long time and some who just for a short time. Now, here's, here's the kicker. We all are equal for salvation and the invitation and the call to be saved. Everybody, everybody is going to be given that same opportunity. The difference is the reward that we get from our character and from the responsibility some some people now you can say the reward is being in the kingdom of God and having eternal life just as the gift of God of salvation but we know you know all things are not equal we're not all equal in duties responsibilities and callings some have more to do than others some have less to do. But what's most important is everyone, everyone, no matter how little they seem to have or think they have, is important in God's eyes. Is just as important as the person who is doing a lot and who has an office or a title. Everyone is important and everyone is going to receive a payment. Some work harder and longer. Some do less, shorter time. And we could talk about the resurrections and a comparison of those who were in uh, early and Old Testament times and those who uh, are in present times and those in the millennium and those in the second resurrection and how we look at people around us in all that time frame and we, say, and we would say, well, God, why is that person in the kingdom? 
that, that person was no good. That was an evil person, you know. The person could have repented and changed, and God called them, and, they, and he gave them his Holy Spirit, and they overcame. Whether it's in the future, in the second resurrection, or whether it was in Old Testament times, or whether in current times, or whatever, if God deals in their life, he calls and selects them, and they overcome, then we, we need to accept them as brothers and not to feel haughty and arrogant and I don't want to keep pounding that but the equal opportunity to be in the kingdom of God in whatever, whatever time frame that God uh, elects and selects for their calling because he works at different periods of time for different ones as we know in 6,000 years plus the 7,000 the millennium plus another hundred year period of the great white throne judgment when every single one that we know who keep the holy days know God is going to give every person an invitation, an opportunity. Some won't accept it. Some reject it. Some, you know, uh, we'll see, you know, aren't qualified. Now, the second parable that uh, Jesus used this in is in uh, the... 22nd chapter of Matthew, and this is the marriage of the king's son, and um, I want to read here 14, 14 verses. We have time, so uh, you'll have it on the screen there, and I'll just read along with you in case you don't, or if you have your Bible with you. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and bidding or bid, same uh, word in the Greek as calling, the invitation, uh, same, same word, uh, kaleo means call or invite or summon. Now, sometimes different Greek words have the same meaning, uh, and some Greek words are translated different English words, and so, you know, we have to study these out, and sometimes they just mean the same thing, sometimes a little difference. Depends if it's a noun or an adverb or a verb or whatever, whatever form of, uh, of a grammatic, uh, grammar uh, speech that it's uh, being used in. So, uh, uh, bidding and calling is the same uh, meaning, uh, invitation, a summons to the wedding. And they would not come again. He sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants and entreated them and spitefully slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go you therefore into the highways and byways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and they gathered together. Now you could make here of the calling, first calling unto the Jews, and they rejected it in the opening to the Gentiles, and, and now how they're dealing with this. Uh, but that's not what he's saying here. He's just talking in general purposes of people who are invited, people who hear about this wedding and their response to the king's invitation. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how came you in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The same standard evaluation that he was holding to him. How come you're not dressed? How come you're not ready? How come you're not keeping the commandments of God and the righteousness? And how come you don't have the equal right standard? How come you just came here in your everyday clothes to the wedding disrespectful and showed up like a bum why didn't you get ready and put on some wedding attire put on your shoot send your shirt to the cleaners and pay a dollar and something have it cleaned and wear a nice clean tie and or a, a women wear your nice dress the best dress you have and come before 
in this wedding. You know, those of us who have attended weddings over the years and funerals, you know, they're becoming less and less and more and more informal and just not so special like, it, you know, it used to be a person would go, they would dress up in their best appearance before God. Now, not so, just so they're comfortable. And uh, if, if there's anything here that we can use, let's use it. And uh, let me go back to the scripture here in um, Matthew. And the man was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. A warning and encouragement. A warning and encouragement. Those who refuse and reject are going to be rejected and are going to die a death in the lake of fire, eternal death. Those who accept God's terms, His standard of righteousness, who accept that and yield to it and follow it will be saved. For many are called, but a few are chosen. Where do we fit? into that. Our part is to hear, to listen, to respond, to accept. God is doing His part, inviting us. All eventually, every single one God has determined is going to hear and see and receive the same call to the gospel that you and I have received. But in a different manner, a different form, maybe. Now, a few comments that uh, I want to share, repeating some of the things. God wants to save everyone. It's His purpose. All to be saved. That's what He wants. In His own time frame, those who live past, present, and future are going to have that invitation. Some will accept the first call. The invitation is given and they respond. Some chosen, some selected, some separated, set apart, sanctified, justified, made right with God, receive His Spirit, are His children with His Spirit, overcoming and growing. Some faithful endure, overcome, they're saved. But, sad, some fall away. Some refuse, some reject, some ignore, scoff at, ridicule, belittle, make fun of. We see it all laid out today. Christianity is under attack, you know, religion. Oh, well, let me leave that. Just, just. I didn't bring my soapbox up here. <laughs> I got to bring that soapbox when I come up here again sometime. So, I'm talking to everyone that hears in the sound of my voice. Don't delay. Don't put off. Act now when called. How many people put it off and put it off until maybe it's too late for this present blessing and opportunity of a hundredfold in this life and the promise of eternal life in the future. Or put it off until later. They Good intentions aren't enough. They've got to respond. They've got to accept and act on that call now. All are equal in the call to salvation. Some excel to greater reward. Some respond early. Some respond later. And in the parable we saw, sometimes the invitation is given. And then God uses some, they, they, they delay. And then he sends somebody else. Go, take it, invite that person. And they delay and they procrastinate. And then he sends someone else. And sometimes he really starts putting the screws on, don't he? Some of us who have whew, undergone a lot of difficulty. Others, 
When we heard it, it responded. And initially had that relationship and can look back. Oh, I'm glad I responded. Why would, I, why would anybody put off blessings from God and His relationship and His spirit and having salvation? Just a chance that they might get hit by a truck and get killed. They made it in this life. Otherwise, they'd have to be sleeping for a thousand years, eleven to come up. You know, now about a thousand through the millennium to come up in that second resurrection. So why not have a thousand years of service ahead of time? So the quicker we respond, the better off. I'm not limiting my words today to those of us in this room here because now that we're on the internet, we're going all over the world. If you're in China and you're hearing me, or in Africa, do it now. Change now. Now's the day of salvation for you. You. I'm talking to you. God is using me to say to you, do it now. Can I say it any plainer or stronger? No. Okay. Now, we can increase our reward by our character development. The more holy, the more righteous, the stronger we are, the more we overcome, the more we grow, the more we have good deeds, the more we can lay up our reward. We're going to have salvation, so why not have the, the don't. You know, the, the Bible says that some people just, if the righteous scarcely are saved, where shall the ungodly and the unrighteous appear? You know, You've got a ship going into the harbor, and you can meander in, you can go in all full sails, you know, going in the backup motor and just come right up to that dock and dock even. A good pilot can do that. Some just barely make it, just barely squeak in. Hey, it's better to barely be there than not be there, right? But why wouldn't we go in with as much in our count as possible. It's, I, I've told you this, uh, please, uh, I'm not being disrespectful, but this little old lady died. And uh, the story is, you know, she died and went to heaven and met St. Peter at the Golden Gate. And so she says, okay, I'm ready to come in now. And St. Peter said, well, no, it, it doesn't work quite that way. We have to check the records and see if you're qualified. Gabe, what's the record say? So Gabriel opens up the book of life, and he reads, Well, uh, one time she gave a dime to uh, 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 another person that uh, had a need, and she gave him a dime to help him out. Oh, okay. And then another time she gave uh, a little boy a nickel for an ice cream cone. And so uh, St. Peter said, Well, what else? That's all, that's all the good she did. And St. Peter said, well, what do you think, Gabe? What do we do? And Gabriel said, well, here's what I think. Give her 15 cents back and tell her to go to hell. <laughs> okay. Told my joke for the day. <laughs> it really doesn't that way. St. Peter and Gabriel, they're, they're, they're not there. When you die and you... you, you <laughs> okay, retract everything, all the stutters. <laughs> okay, let me see in my last page here, because I've got arrows around which way I want to go. Um, um, I've got a close, I've got a scripture. Oh yeah, let me, let me do this. <clears throat> now, I mentioned the four times that Jesus said that phrase, uh, the first will be last and the last will first. Okay. In Matthew 19.30, we read that, and then in Matthew the 20, uh, Matthew 20 chapter, he reversed the order. And in Mark 10.31, we're not going to go there, uh, he, re, he, he had the same order of first, last, last, first. Then two times, he put the last first, the first last. That's in Matthew 20.16 and Luke 13.30. And uh, the first one was when Jesus was answering Peter about... Uh, uh, his opportunities of serving and how the children of Israel, the apostles would be managing, guiding, governing the tribes of Israel. The apostles would have that opportunity. And the second one was 
when he was telling them about the straight gate, about the difficulty of entering into that straight, not straight like an arrow, but the straight, S-T-R-A-A-T, which is a difficult. It's hard to enter the kingdom of God. It's difficult to be an overcomer and to meet all these things and to live a responsible life, to be in the kingdom of God. Many are called, few chosen. He added those a couple of times to those four different references that uh, we see there. Now, uh, before I go to the closing uh, scripture, I wrote, the citizens of the kingdom of God is made up of those chosen individuals who respond to their calling in an orderly, systematic time, time frame with humility and meekness and remain faithful and endure to the end of their lifespan. Remain faithful and endure to God and His ways to the end of their lifespan. Now I've repeated that scenario several times during this message. I believe that's what Jesus was telling us when some would be called, some would be chosen. The first and the last, the last and the first. He, he kind of got it out of order, but we know what he was saying now. I selected one of many scriptures to close with, but let's go back to Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter, the first chapter. Verse 1 through 3 and 10 through 11. Verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. According to as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, I'm not going to read all the rest of these verses because those who I baptized over the many years I've been in doing this uh, in the ministry, uh, 50-some years, and able to baptize uh, so many people, I've tried in most instances, read those charges we do back here, and Steve does, and, and uh, others who baptize this uh, first chapter of Peter here, of these wonderful scriptures of encouraging character development and spiritual strength as a charge to those new persons being baptized. But I want to just skip down to verse 10 and 11 as we close here. Wherefore, the rather... Rather than lacking these things, you can fill in uh, those qualities of character that are exemplary before God. But wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 